Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Open Door Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Faison Myers, and I'm here with my fellow co-hosts and brothers, Miles Miller, Kevo Osborne, and we have some very, very special guests before us today. Some familiar, some new, but at the end of the day, you're going to feel cozy with it. And I want to go down the line, and so we can go ahead and introduce everybody. Uh, we will start off with... My name is Nicholas Harper. A.K.A. A Joke with a Dream. <laughs> uh, my legal name is William Thomas, but everybody call me three. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And my name is Nicole A. Okay. And we have one. I, I want to take the time to actually introduce this last special guest before us. She is Black Girl Magic, the epitome of it. She is amazing. She is eloquent. She is smart. The one and only Miss Alicia. Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming to the Open Door Podcast, all of y'all. And I mean, uh, just want to give a, a special shout out to our listeners. Uh, as I always want to thank you for listening to our podcast and always engaging with us, always ensuring that you keep us on our toes. You ensure that we are uh, on point with what we're saying. We have discussion, we have dialogues, you agree with, you disagree, you engage in the discord, make sure you're doing so, slam as plug once again. Uh, but as always, you know, we, we appreciate you and we adore you and no need to say any more. Let's go ahead and get ready with the warm-up question what Mr. Kevill got for us today. Today's warm-up question, what is your comfort food? I got mine. Like All right, no. <laughs> My comfort food is exactly the Welch's Berries and Cherries Fruit Snacks. Okay? <laughs> that the purple pack? That's the purple pack. Yeah, With the blue junk. That's crazy. I, I used to eat none of those when I was wrestling. Okay? Keep them on for the cozy moment at the end. But I used to eat those <laughs> all the time. And I, I, I still eat them to this day. To this day. To this day. <laughs> to this day, damn it. Like... <laughs> But you've been from South Carolina. I thought you was going to say some soul food related. I mean, don't get me wrong now. You know, being a boy from the South now, you can't take soul food out of my mind. But <laughs> that ain't always the best food to eat. And, you know, that takes a little minute to make. Yeah. I can go down to Sam's Club and buy the 90 pack for about $5.99 and be all right. So, okay. <laughs> I don't got time to make the mac and cheese, the collard greens, the yams, the, you know, soul food. I'm getting a little hungry now. But, yeah. Get the money. Get the money, right. <laughs> what about you, Miles? I would definitely say my comfort food is cookies. Like a warm cookie will go. That'd be going crazy. Way. You making those? <laughs> so that's mine. Mine's would definitely be cereal. Oh, bro, chill, bro. That's my comfort food. What kind of cereal? Bro, you looked at me like you was judging. But what kind of cereal? Right. Don't judge. Golden grams. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like right. nostalgic purposes, bro. You, you just say, eat okay, it. Ain't that the bootleg cinnamon toast crunch or something like that? No, no, no. It, it no it's it not is. bootleg. It's actually a good cereal. It's good and bootleg can be. Is that no. the one with the snake on the box? No, no. no. That's, that's, that's it's even worse than that. That's snacks, ain't it? Oh, in a colorful box. It's it, like in no. a yellow box. It's like a, it's a yellow, yellow plain generic box that you can make off a of candle. Oh, that is like a generic cinnamon toast. Right. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I got this so I, bro. Yes, we're going to dish this cereal. But it is a name brand cereal, so I mean. Yeah, yeah. So not it's like a, it's like a B-list cereal. Yeah, it's B-list. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> get on, y'all. He was in the NBA. I don't need you. Was he really in the NBA? Oh, man. Was he in the D-League? Right. Yeah. Or was he? 
was he across these? <laughs> oh my! Oh, like, right. How much? Very. I don't even want to give it. I want to say it's in a mural league. Like, Ooh, <laughs> wow. Let's relax. Let's relax. It didn't Let's make it out the league here. yet, but oh, hey. Next person, <laughs> present their comfort food. Yeah, uh, macaroni and cheese is definitely my comfort food. It's also my favorite food, but I can't think of anything that like comforts me more than my favorite food. Um, but yeah, that's my comfort food. So is it your own variation of mac and cheese or is it like somebody else's version? There are multiple variations. So like my grandmother, Migo's mom, there's a few different ones, but like overall, like that's pretty much it. As long as it's not crap. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's so yeah. I don't need a microwave to make it now. You, know, you can reheat Wait, it. Said, I said we don't need a microwave to make it. We, okay, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. might be able to reheat it. Yeah, but you gotta make it in the oven. Shred your own cheese, stuff like that. Yeah, no, agree. Yeah, none of that porn of Velveeta. Yeah, okay, just making sure. Just making sure. Make me sick to my stomach. My comfort food gotta be fries. Um. Mm, that's a good I, as, as the type of man I am, I'm a fry connoisseur, and different restaurants got better fries than others. But if I had so you food, got the best fries? Yeah, top three right now, yeah. in order. Chick fil A, McDonald's, Burger King. Burger King? Burger King? Burger King? Straight from the bodega on West Market. Straight from the bodega on West Market. Yes. Because that food truck. My comfort food? Every other. What's my comfort food? Every other Wednesday. A number. Oh, okay. No, not a number one. Like a number seven. What's a club? Oh, the, the grilled chicken clothes. Club. Yeah. With the Monterey like Jack cheese there. Yeah. yeah, okay. Pepper Jack cheese. Oh, Pepper Jack. Oh, no, okay. Yeah, right. Pepper Jack cheese. I do either Jack. Pepper Jack. I do either Jack. Pepper cheese. With a frozen coffee or a frozen lemonade. Okay. I like that though. I'm a creature of habit. I eat the same things all the time unless I want to venture out on the weekends. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say for me, I love a good pot roast. Like it's been cold, but like a nice pot roast with some carrots and some potatoes. Oh yeah, that's You're good. You're an adult. Yeah, that was an adult. I'm an adult. I love it though. I love it though. I'm gonna say this right now. I made some bomb pot roast two Sundays ago. So like this is okay. He's like. Listen here. I put 
Oh, man, you put some carrots, some potatoes, some Ooh, celery. And then, see, the thing is, you put some beef broth and you put some red wine in there. I want y'all to take notes right now. You take, you go to, you go to, you go to Total Wine, you go to Food Wine, you go to Publix, you find some red wine, put it in there, deglaze the, the cast iron skillet. No! I'm talking about, no, it's in the, but it's in the refrigerator section. You cut up everything on your own. Yeah! Oh, that is, I don't even Girl, I, I don't even adult. Right. Yes. I don't even adult. Girl, I is from Charles. And I cook, and she know I cook, but no, I don't cook that often. I cook for them and every other holiday. But like a pot roast. Listen to my country grandma. Listen to my country grandma. I is from Charleston, South Carolina. Okay, but by the time you turn five, you know how to pray like a bishop and cook like a chef. All right. Because at the end of the day, ain't nobody got to cook with me when I can cook for myself. Hello? Hello. Amen. <laughs> All right, now. I'm just saying, okay? I just like let that be known. Okay? Cozy, cozy kitchen coming soon. Hey. All right? But <laughs> I ain't new to this. I'm true to this. All right? Uh, but as we, <laughs> as we continue this conversation, uh, this is really a part two discussion from last week. Uh, and if you have not listened to the episode yet, uh, we kind of ask that you do so. Uh, we wanted to talk about something on a more serious spectrum of mental health, and especially being young black college students in a world, in a country where we are feared. I think that is something where it is the elephant in the room that's not talked about. And the reason why we have guests on our show is because we don't want to limit it to just our perspective. We want to have other people who have other mindsets because at the end of the day, Everyone has a right to do so. And with Alicia here, and I think she will speak more about that as she gets to talking, she is the professional mindset at mind, along with her own personal adjustments as well, too, uh, about what we're talking about. And this is something that we really are uh, heavy on because with Cozy Times, we are believing that we can defeat social anxiety and depression and defeat these uh, weapons of mental uh, destruction ahead of us and be the person that we want to be. All right, now, so I'm just saying, uh, at the end of the day, we are our biggest advocates and our biggest, you know, uh, defeaters, and we want to make sure that we are making sure that we are here for one another. And so with that, uh, just opening question for anybody right now is, what is your mindset on mental health and how important does it face, has a the ladder of importance for you in your life. And I'll and I open the floor to anybody with that. Um, <clears throat> I would say, first and foremost, I think I, one thing I can appreciate is just like, I do feel like our generation more so than the generation before us, not because I saw it, but because my parents say it, you know, older people in my family, like that's something that we put more emphasis on. So I think that's good and like we moving in the right direction. But I still feel like it's kind of taboo sometimes. Like people be like, mental health, mental awareness, take a mental health day, but like nobody actually gets into like what that means. And I think it definitely depends on the individual. But for me, like um, I can stress myself out super quick um, just by overcommitting myself. And there's things that I know that I do. Um, and it's just habit. I do it automatically that don't help my mental health. And so me being able to really take a step back and like, 
look inward like how do I feel why do I feel like this how can I change it those are questions that I feel like everybody needs to do like those self check-ins and then you can begin to see like what mental health looks like for you like I know me um, having a schedule helps my brain a lot more that's not something I'm good at but so that's something I'm trying to work at because I noticed that um, if I wake up in the morning with enough time to drink some tea brush my teeth eat pray read the bible and meditate like if i can do all of those like it's gonna be a fire day right but if i only get to do like two then it's already like real shaky so i definitely feel like um mental health is a huge umbrella but like it's very personalized and um you gotta care about it for your individual self and really dig in deep to see like what that even looks like for you because you try to copy somebody else's stuff i don't really think it's that helpful just talking about the topic or trying to attack it like somebody else okay i like that Anybody else? Um, yeah, I would say for me, I think a lot of growth when it comes to mental health is through introspection, like we've been saying this whole time. Like, mm-hmm. you have to know kind of, or I guess sit back and do a self-realization of what are my triggers? Like, what makes me feel this way and how can I combat this in a healthy way? So similar to Nick, like, I have mm-hmm. to have um, order in my life for me to have a good mental state because I feel like... If I'm good, I can make sure everybody around me is good. If I'm having a bad day, I don't want to project that onto somebody else. So mental health for me is extremely big. My freshman year, um, I had a, a host of um, events centered around mental health mm-hmm. called Mental Realness. I actually was talking to um, Alicia about this when I started it. So mental health has always been on the forefront for me, especially being um, a first-generation college student. This transition was very... Um, hard for me and I didn't know what that feeling was like but I was grateful to have um, a village around me that was you know able to help me through these hard times Mm -hmm. and through that I've been able to um, figure out what I needed to deal with internally so that I can be the best me that I can be for myself for my peers for my family and Mm -hmm. the world Mm -hmm. in general so I will give definition um first um so mental health is a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being so mental health has turned into my life so i'm a licensed clinical social worker which is fancy for saying i'm a mental health therapist um i decided to be a social worker at a young age came to ant got my bachelor's went to unc pembroke got my master's and then i got my clinical license And I have been able to turn my passion of helping people, um, I've been able to take that to the next level. Um, Because it's one thing to be a social worker, but then it's another thing to be a clinical social worker. Mm -hmm. Um, And it has been my current life's goals to be able to create unique spaces for people to be well. Like this podcast, like what you guys are doing with this podcast. And so ultimately it is making sure that people are being well, that they are taking care of themselves, that they understand that, you know, self-care isn't selfish, but self-care is not just the foo-foo stuff of, you know, us eating our favorite comfort food or, you know, taking a bath or taking a walk or whatever the case is. Like it's doing the self-work and really dealing and healing like our childhood traumas, our experiences, you know, really being able to present mentally strong. So, yeah, that's mental health to me. Bars.
Yeah. I mean, that's like the, that's the same. Whatever, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Absolutely. But how do you change your perspective? Yeah, I was just about to get into that. Like, how do you go about changing your perspective, especially if you grew up in a household like? Let me say, let me give you a quick background. I grew up in a single mother household with five boys. We grew up, oh, crying is bad, showing emotion is bad, all that is weak. We grew up never talking about mental health, none of that. So how do a person like that go about changing his mental health? I'm going to give my two cents because I, too, was raised in a single-parent household. And I believe that your environment shapes you, but it doesn't make you. You have to find sometimes the mental and the singular fortitude to find out what do you want to be. You can sit there and you can confine into the stereotypes of what society gives you. You know, me being a single parent, being a child of a single parent, my dad being in prison. I'm not supposed to be at a and I'm not supposed to be studying engineering right now, you know, doing stuff like that. But anyway, <laughs> understanding that I have a want for myself. And knowing that want, how much am I going to work for that want? Now, that all depends on how deep do you want to dig down and get to that. Some people might need more motivation than the others. I might just need a pep talk. I might need to read a book. I might need to watch a Les Miles motivational video. But it's always something different for everybody else that says what's going to get you up and out of bed to ensure that you're going to achieve what you want to have. But who sparked that, though? Who sparked you being different from your environment. Yeah, Who and what sparked that? Because I was about to say for myself, I actually didn't have nobody that actually sparked me to be different from everybody else. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to. I was just like, man, this school stuff easy. I'm just go to college. It's easy. Yeah. Everybody, like, I talk with Miles all the time, like all these small goals, oh, people graduate from high school. That's not no goal for me or graduating from college. Billions of people do that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, higher standards for myself. That's the only reason I was able to get out of it. Some people not able to set those higher goals for themselves to be like, oh, that's the reason I want to do it. Some people just like, dang, I'm just here. Yeah, for, for me, uh, personally, my way of what got me to spark was seeing people do it before me. Mm-hmm. So I was in Boy Scouts. I'm an Eagle Scout. You know, that's, you know, a little nerdy fact about me, but I take pride in that because my troop was all black. From the scouts to the scout masters, everyone was all black. And they were police officers. They were judges. They were engineers. They were scientists. Hell, the reason why I'm an engineering student right now is because I took the engineering merit badge. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm good at math and science. I believe that I can do something like that. And so now I use the lessons from that merit badge. And now look at me now. I'm about to graduate at the number one public HBC in the nation, hello, producing the most black engineers in the nation, hello, and ensuring that, you know, Aggie Pride, that I am becoming what I want to be. But also knowing that you have to keep on building upon what you want for yourself. And I was saying, like, my, one of my favorite quotes is, the sky is not the limit, it's only the beginning. You can't limit yourself to the expectation that you have for yourself because there's much more than what you see. What you see is just what the reality is for you. But the reality becomes much more and more bigger as you start to trek along the road a little bit more. So that's for me, though. Nah, I feel you. And then, um, that was a cool quote you had. Um, J. Cole also said, if you ain't aim too high, then you, you get aim too, too low. low. Okay. But, um, <laughs> what I wanted to say was um, how y'all were talking about kind of like what starts that. Because like, I feel what you were saying, Kevo. Like, my dad definitely, like, that's how like, he grew up and stuff. And um, so I feel like, though, to an extent, like, one thing I toy around with in my mind is, like, there are not many, like, 
new ideas. Like a lot of stuff like that you're thinking that you're going through, somebody has went through it, somebody's thought it, stuff like that. It has to kind of be like put out there or like how would somebody just get there? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like even with your way of thinking, like at some point I just wanted to sit di- set different goals and I wanted to set higher. It's like, but if you literally never see something, like you wouldn't even think that way. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like for me, like I grew up, being taught by my family like yeah you can show emotion you can do this that and the third and it's like okay so i'm feeling like that like i'm feeling comfortable like that then i go to school and then everything my parents told me was okay to do no it's not everybody here is going in like why is he crying why is he this and i'm like whoa whoa they told me it was okay to cry this that and the third so it's like then i shifted and i became this hard rock like people like where's your emotion? I'm like, what are you talking about? I have plenty of emotion. I just won't show y'all because y'all showed me I can't show y'all. And so it's like now, like, um, I feel like even things like this, like y'all are putting it out there. You know what I'm saying? Stuff that like people are like, what makes that spark or what triggers that? You know what I'm saying? I feel like it has to be something that pricks at you. You know what I'm saying? Like it is possible to just wake up. Like I want to be better. I don't feel good. I want to feel good. But it's like, I think once you like want it enough where you start seeking and then there's things that are out there like that start pricking at you mm-hmm. and you're willing to go get the help, you know what I'm saying? Eat that slice of humble pie and be like, okay, I don't know how to go about this. I'm going to go see a therapist. You know what I'm saying? Everybody doesn't need one, but like a lot of people do that yeah. don't need it, that don't say it or won't um, go do it. So I really feel like um, that change, like, yeah, it is hard, especially like depending on certain people's backgrounds, but that's why stuff like this is so important because once it's brought to your attention and you're forced to think about it, then it's like, hold up, like, wait, let me think about that. And then, like, practicing it, I feel like that's the biggest thing. You're not going to just wake up and be, like, great at mental health. You're not going to be great at taking care of yourself and learning how to express emotions. Like, it's going to take work. You're going to have to get in situations and be like, okay, last time I got angry, I handled it horrible. So today, I'm going to handle it like this so that when I walk away, I'm not regretting everything I said. So I think it's just, like, it's It's time. And it's, it's balance, right? Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite quotes is balance lives in the present, mm-hmm. right? So don't despise the small things, right? You may think that, you know, you not having like that thing that like an external factor that sparks something, but your surroundings spark that. Like I'm discussing that with my students right now, you know, realizing that our environment our experiences that that shapes us it's, mm-hmm. it's not just you know our parents and what we learned or mm-hmm. just how they say like oh it's, it's just in you that's mm-hmm. that's not always the case like your environments you've seen enough or didn't see enough to say like no i know that there's better out there like i'm going to go get that mm-hmm. so don't despise the small things yours was a small a spark in your environment you know, having external factors, yours were within your home. So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's, it's balanced. It's a, it's a little bit of everything. Everybody has various, um, sparks that get them to tap into that next level. It's all in how you maintain. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking earlier about, you know, about how you figure out like what your gift is, right? So when you determine what your gift is, what keeps you there? What keeps you like mm-hmm. Jordan, went between basketball and baseball, I guess baseball didn't stick. Basketball (laughs) did. So he tapped into that one thing and that took him from there to y'all buying his sneakers, us buying his sneakers every other day. Like, you know, it, it turned into a thing. So even with me and social work, like I realized 
at a young age in middle school. Like I remember helping a girl, one of my friends at the time, she, and I don't know why to this day, told me that she was being, um, touched by her stepdad and she was wanting to move. Her biological dad lived in Texas. So I just remember there being like a series of conversations. And the next thing I know, my friend was moving, but I couldn't be sad because she's in, she's going to a safe place. Mm-hmm. But I, I held on to that. Like, I want to help people. Like I yeah. want to help people get from point A to point B. And I stuck with that. And now like I have my own private practice. I'm a professor. I work full time. Like I'm as, you know, Holly would say I'm that girl, but I don't. Come I don't. On, saying it is even <laughs> saying it is even odd because it's like I don't even really say it, but it's like I am doing the things that you know that I tapped into. I held on to it so mm-hmm. that it could succeed. And and I love that because we're all coming around with quotes, but a quote that Denzel Washington once said is, "If you're not committed, you'll never start. You know, if you're not consistent, you'll never finish." And you were committed because you realized what you wanted to do. Yeah. But the difference between you and everybody else is that you consistently kept on going to improve what you wanted your specialty trait to be. You wanted to help people. So you're like, how do I refine myself so that I can refine somebody else? And you were consistently doing that. You're still doing that to this day, but you're now reaping the benefits that you have put, you know, in behind the scenes. And now look at you now. Holy said it. We going to say it. You that girl. Like, come on. I told y'all. I told y'all. I will say that I think a lot of what we talked about is um, having that external factor to kind of like keep keep you going or even if that's internal. But I will say as far as the future generations go, I made it a goal for myself to be the person that I didn't have growing up for other people. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't have somebody that was um, really worried about my emotional well-being and wanting to sit down and hear what I had to say, I try to do that for my friends because although I might not be that spark, they had those little conversations with me that made them feel better about a situation that they mm-hmm. were in. So right. a lot of my friends will like vent to me and then they'll apologize right after and say, oh, I'm sorry, I don't want to yeah. dump, I don't yeah. want to do that. Right. But I'm like, I'm your friend. And if you need somebody to talk to, that that's an obligation for me. I don't know about for everybody else, but I'm going to be there for my friend because I know you would do the same for me. So I think a lot of it comes from just being a good person for everybody, not just your friend. Like, if you see somebody having a bad day, just, hey, like, are you okay? Like, even if they're like, oh, I'm fine, at least somebody checked on them. Like, yeah, just yeah. being nice, it goes a long way. So I think opening the door for mental health, um, doesn't just stay in this room. Like mm-hmm. we have to make sure, like you said, we're being consistent with our mental work, mental health work. Mm-hmm. Because, like Nick said earlier, like our generation has really opened the door for us to do a lot of introspection mm-hmm. of what mental health is and what it means for us. So if we can take that knowledge that we learned and apply it to those who were told, "Oh, men don't cry," or "You're a big girl, you need to suck it up," or "You're a strong black woman." Mm-hmm then we can go a long way and we can erase a lot of stigma. Yeah. I I believe that was great. That was great. I feel like one thing too with people like, uh, I talked about being there for your friends and stuff like that. Those are um, regular practices that are like, it's nothing crazy to go out of your way and do, but like you'd be surprised, especially, well, not especially, I don't know how it is to be a girl, but as a guy, as a young man coming to A&T, just being around so many guys, I'll be talking to one of my friends and it's like you can tell people aren't used to talking about their feelings like Mm -hmm. people like feel super weird and they're like what is this why is Nicholas asking me these questions why do I feel comfortable telling him this and it's like 
yo, it's good. Like, I'm not taking it nowhere. You know what I'm saying? And like you said, people apologize. And it's like, we've been, we've gotten to a place where like, like we're not even confident in our emotions. We're like, oh, these emotions are wrong. I shouldn't be sharing these. I shouldn't be. And it's like, that, that, uh, that's something that uh, definitely bothers me. And so I feel like you said, like continuing to try to do that and help people, like, even though that's a little thing, like that's actually really big. Cause we're like, helping people like relearn how to be. It's like people feel bad for being human sometimes. Like you're supposed to have feelings. You're supposed to get sad sometimes. You're supposed to be mad. Like that's okay. And uh, we've gotten to a place where we don't believe that. And so it's like, yeah, all this stuff is real good on how to try to work and get back to that. Okay. Go ahead. And it's crazy that you had said that because it's like the older we get, the further away from being a child that we are, which as you should because you're growing up. But I kind of want to renege my my statement. Right? <laughs> I kind of want to renege my statement because I feel as if we should think more childlike, not become more childish. Mm-hmm. And with that, children are open expressing. If you do something to a child that a child doesn't like, I didn't like that, and they'll explain why they didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Or I like you because of this. Or this makes me feel this. Why as adults do we harbor how we truly feel? It's like the Greeks. Yeah. The Greeks used, I think, seven different ways to express love. They use guape, which means like mm-hmm. God, worldly. Yep. Then they use just all these different type of vernaculars to express how they feel. But yet, man, I love you. Yeah. Experience. Yeah. Experience. I mean, think about how many times. So, okay, let me use that as an example. If I come to you three times and tell you how angry I am about a situation. Not nan Tom, did you validate me, affirm me, give me strategy to my anger, um, empower me, assist me in calming down? You just completely disregarded me three times. The fourth time, I'm not coming to you. The fourth time, I'm just going to harbor my anger, mm-hmm. right? The fifth time, I'm going to harbor my anger. The sixth time, I'm going to harbor my anger. And from there, I am continuously harboring my feelings because nobody hears me, Mm -hmm. right? So then you become an adult and you're trying to figure out, well, why why am I beating up people in the club? Why am I, why do I have instant road rage? Why do I have, you know, or if we, you know, switch it to sadness. You know, my my mother is trying to figure out why I'm telling her that somebody's telling me that I have major depressive. Well, because you didn't affirm, validate, empower, or give me strategy as to how to manage my emotions. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, in college is when we really begin to see our emotional well-being be all disorganized and dismantled because we are around so many other perspectives and so many other experiences that I can't just go into my mom's room and try to seek safety. My mom is in Florida. I'm in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling my, I'm calling my parent and so many students have told me this where they're like, you know, well, you don't have no reason to be sad. You don't have no reason to be depressed or whatever you are. Like, I mean, I'm paying for this. You got this. And that I have really tried to make it my business for the parents that I come in to interaction with, like, stop telling your, your kids that mm-hmm. if they are in college, like, they are experiencing yes. real life situations. College made me, 
I account everything that I am today to North Carolina Agriculture and Technical Absolutely. State University. Yes. Because <laughs> they taught me hard work. I came up here, I transferred from a community college. After my first year, my parents was like, yeah, no, you can't go back. We don't have no money. Like, you ain't got no money. I was like, well, I'm not going back. I mean, I was like, well, I'm not staying here. I'm going back. Packed up my Nissan, drove up. Come on, Nissan. Back to Greensboro. <laughs> I felt that right. <laughs> drove back to Greensboro. And I did not have anywhere to stay. Um, I had to try to figure it out. I asked my homegirl, like, hey, like, I might have to sleep on the couch. I ended up meeting a lady in April before I left and went home. When I got back, I think I ended up just calling her. She knew what was going on. And so she was like, hey, um, I, my son is going to college. Would you like to sleep in his room? I'm like, yeah, why not? At this point, my mother is devastated, right? Mm -hmm. She's like, I know somebody else isn't taking care of my child. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you told me I had to stay in Florida, so I'm leaving. <laughs> so, you know, I'm staying in this woman's home. I just met her six, six months prior to. I will never forget this day. It was the first day of school. I am walking around Auntie's campus. I'm in this cute little outfit, but I had on these sandals that was like flat. I had to walk from Gibbs to GCB to Murphy, back to GCB <clears throat> to Gibbs to Dowdy to, to, the, <laughs> to the union so that at the time it was the union, the student union, before y'all had the student center, you know, spoiled. Um, so we had, I was walking to the union, but I had to end up this. <laughs> so we had, so I had classes, but in the midst of my classes, I am trying to get money. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find money to pay for my school and I'm being told to go to this person go to this person I will never forget um, shout out to Dr. Bugs she I met her and she literally went off on me because she was she is a fam a FAMU graduate she was like why didn't you just stay in Florida you could have went to any college full ride da, da, da. and I was like listen here I was not allowed to go to Tallahassee and I doggone sure couldn't go to FAMU my mom banned me from going there so I just remember having to be so hard at the moment, like, listen, are y'all going to give me some money or are you not going to give me some money? Mm -hmm. And she came back to me and she was like, I've been talking about you all week because not once did you fold, not once did you cry. And I got my money. Ended up meeting um, who I realized now years later was the assistant to the CFO. Like, she's one step under the CFO. I did not have to pay for another semester after that, like, till I graduated. So, it was like, <laughs> it was a click of a button. Yeah, it was, <laughs> like, it was a click of a button. What's your GPA? What's your banner ID? Come see me next semester. Oh, okay, girl, I'll see you in January. Like, I'll see you in January. But those moments made me. Those moments was why I started 100, because I went through a lot. I essentially came to North Carolina because my high school sweetheart came here he had a full ride to uncg so i went to ant so i came up here that relationship wasn't the best i i got pregnant in college right and it was like okay what am i going to do i know i'm not the only girl going through this stuff and this is like major disclosure too because i don't think i've said that in a long time so you know it was like what am i what am i going to do i remember crying in this woman's son's closet because I did not want her to hear my cries because I was pregnant and I was confused and I was depressed and I had gotten an abortion too fast and I was like what the fuck am I gonna do like mm -hmm. this is too much and I started 100 the next year after I got myself together 
And I said, there has got to be a space for girls to exist, yeah. for there yeah. not to be so much of a politic, because we go to an HBCU, there's politics at in everything, right? Mm -hmm. So at the time, you had Bombshells in Business, which were the business girls. You had Ladies of Excellence, which which were the etiquette girls. And I came with 100, which we were the girls on the block trying to make it, trying to trying to meet a girlfriend, Love trying that. to, you know, meet our best friends, our college best friends, because it was like, I know I'm not the only person going through this. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't. There was a campus of girls at the time that were drowning in who we were and who we were trying to be that we sought guidance in one another, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's ultimately where that came from. But, like, that was my first experience with my life or not my first, but my first adult experience of my life being flipped upside down mm -hmm. and me trying to figure out, like, who am I? My first experience with depression and not really knowing, like, what to do at the time. Yeah. So it was, it was a lot, but I forgot how I even got here. But <laughs> ultimately, just being in college and realizing that you all do go through real life experiences, yeah. that life does, the table shakes from here to Timbuktu, and you all have to be able to grab hold of that and get the assistance that you need, tap into the cozy moments that you all are creating, and make sure that within those moments, that those moments are safe. Because you cannot have this type of platform in the space not be safe. Mm -hmm. That is a responsibility that you all have now tapped into. Is that I don't want to go to your event. And I'm going to pick on you for a second. I don't want to go to your event. And if I'm a male and I have aspirations of becoming an Omega man, but I know that three is an Omega man, I don't need him judging me. I need to know that I can come to this space and be able to, you know, let my hair down or be able to ex talk to you or have a conversation that's not going to come up later on down the line when I'm online. Yeah. If I make it to line or did I not make it to line because I disclosed? And that is the thing that I have always tried to dismantle when I was at A&T is this concept of the spaces not being safe mm -hmm. because of the politics, right? You, with this platform, make sure that the spaces are safe. I let the 100 girls know all the time when we have certain atmospheres, if I hear something outside of this room, you will have to deal with me. And now even more that I'm the advisor. It's like, you will have to deal with me. And Coley, no, I will run up on a student. I have, I have no qualms about it. <laughs> Before I was a professor, but you know, I, <laughs> but I, but you know, it's like, yeah, people have to feel like they can express. And that is, I think what has blocked a lot of students with dealing with their mental health because they don't feel as safe as it is perceived to be. Mm -hmm. And so with, I mean, this is, you know, Cozy Times is an opportunity to dismantle that. Absolutely. So shout out to y'all. Well, we appreciate it. Hold on. I got, <laughs> I want, yeah, I, I really want to thank you right now. We're not yeah. even done with the podcast yeah. yet, but I got, just listening to that entire story, for one, for you to be comfortable to yeah, speak really about yeah, that yeah. to us. That that was powerful, and I had a point that I wanted to say, and I, I'll leave that be right now. But <laughs> you understanding that you are in a certain environment for a reason, and it's up to you to figure out: Are you going to bend and not break, 
or snap like a twig. And you took the pressure that you had before you, and you was like, I'm going to take it head on, and I'm going to keep on stomping until I get to what I want. And you damn sure did that. And every word that you said, I, I damn near about cry. <laughs> and I don't cry. I see the Cowboys lose every Sunday, and I don't cry. So when you said that right there, I'm like, wow. That was, pro- <laughs> that, that was profound. And, and the point that I wanted to say, which, which is basically the synopsis of what you were telling us, is that college is a beautiful thing because you come from one space and you have this magnitude of people that all come into one collective location and now it's like, who are you and how can you be a benefit to my life? But you have to find that for yourself. You have the map, but you have to locate the treasure. And you found the people in financial aid. You found the people from Dowdy to GCP to Gibbs to the student union that wasn't the students in the back of the day, but you made sure that you were determined to do so. And you understood that mentally you have to be standing ground to what you have. And your foundation was so strong that even when you hit rock bottom, rock bottom is the best foundation to start off at. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, I don't know about you, like that really just hit me right there. Like that was beautiful. And I, I really can't thank you enough for just saying that right there. That, I'll I'm be I'm I'm back. What's that? <laughs> no, you're good. And honestly, to your point, like, this this was my spark. If there was ever a spark, mm-hmm. this was it. So I remember my freshman year, I came and I was like, well, I want to be a social worker. She said, do you really? She said, are you sure? And then I was like, mm, maybe I'm not. Like, I thought I had an idea about mental health and emotional intelligence until I met her. And I was like, okay, maybe I Wait, commercial break, commercial break. <laughs> Y'all, I will never forget, we are at my house. And Coley is talking to me about all of these mental health programs she want to have and all this stuff she wants to do for mental health. And I was like, okay, I'm with you, I'm with you. And I think I asked her, was she in therapy? Has she ever been to therapy? And she was like, no, I don't really need therapy. Do you not? Okay, I do, do you not need therapy after you just, uh, okay. Coley, all I'm going to say is, you know, before you start getting into this environment, you might want to deal with your stuff because that's my favorite line. Deal with your stuff. Mm-hmm. Deal with your shit. Hey, <laughs> deal you with your shit before you start trying to put yourself in the space to deal with other people's shit. Yeah. And and that that was really the thing. And then cut to me like 10 minutes later, literally crying on her couch. But, um, I'm about to be like that right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. I'm holding it back right now. You, you, thought, you thought that was a real conversation? Like, I've had real talks with her. Like, I'm talking, I'm on the brink of jumping out somebody's window. And she has talked me off of many of ledges. Mm. But I think a common trend that we've been talking about or discussing is having a safe space. Mm-hmm. And to Nicholas' point, when you said earlier, like, you had parents that were telling you, you know, it's okay to be emotional, mm-hmm. it's okay to be in tune with that side of you. A lot of us don't have that. Because I yeah, think I a lot of um, stigmas when it comes to mental health is hereditary. Because mm-hmm. I think life before was about survival. We did what we did to get by because all odds were stacked against us. So emotions were put on the back burner because we needed to get that check. We needed to have that foundation so that we knew, okay, I need to go from Kansas to um, Idaho to get some money to feed my family, right? So I think the the notion of, oh, men can't cry, we just have to suck it up and, and go for things is just because we needed to have somebody strong in the house so that everybody wasn't falling to pieces. And I'll, I'll hear it now from, from my parents. Like, I think 
they aren't doing it like consciously of like belittling our emotions or problems but I know I'll have some instances when I'm like 13 14 and I'm like hey mom or dad like I was feeling this or the way you said this to me it really hurt my feelings and they were like girl please go go to your room but I'm like that really hurt me and that caused me to like you said suppress my feelings because I didn't feel like I had a safe space and I said that many times when I was growing up and it actually used to hurt my mom's feelings because your parents always want you to feel like they're a safe space to come to with your issues but sometimes if they don't have it you know you can't do better if you don't know any better right mm-hmm. so that's probably what they had so it's like she does she didn't know how to be that safe space and we worked on it we talked about things like if something bothers you that I did bring it up and we can discuss it like after you know you felt your emotions because you don't want to talk in the heat of things because it might inflate it or whatever but I think creating a safe space for yourself is the first thing you have to be comfortable with your emotions and how you're feeling internally to be able to present it to somebody else like when I'm upset about something I never like say like if me and Miles got into an argument I'm never trying to talk about it afterwards I always take like however long I need to kind of calm down and think about, okay, what happened? Why was I upset? What during the conversation made me upset? And then I'll bring it to Miles once I feel like he's um, able to receive it. And I'll say, hey, you know, we had this conversation and this is how I felt afterwards. And this is why I felt that way. Can we talk about this? And if that person is open and able to receive that conversation, I think that constitutes a safe place. I got a good point about that. And listening to you say that, you know, we have a mutual friend. I don't want to say their name on the mic without mm-hmm. their uh, consent. But I love how the group of friends that you have, you know, they always say, show me your friends, I'll show you, you know, what you're going to be. We never think about that mentally. Because when you share a space mentally with somebody, then that's what you're going to share to somebody else. And so with you having that conversation, I know that your friends would do the same exact thing because you have poured into one another to believe that, hey, if we come to a common ground and we sit here and we talk about the actual elephant in the room and not let it fester like a sword, then we're going to be sure that we come out with the outcome that is better for both of us. But if you hang around a group of people who are going to sit there and be silent and not talk about these things and do let it fester, when that time actually does come around and you reach the bowling point, shit's going to hit the fan. So I think that's why it's really important when we, when the old folks and even your friends say, be mindful who you hang around with because you might not think it, but you're going to acquire those mental traits as well from them too. But take that a step further. Don't let your friends be shit people. Mm-hmm. Right? Call your friends out in a healthy, appropriate manner. Do not allow your friends to present a certain way that is not good. Mm -hmm. I mean, because your friends for a reason. So I mean, yeah, Yeah. and it's like if I don't tell you, then you're just going to go to the next friend group with the same attributes and the same Mm -hmm. characteristics. And then when somebody finally tells you, you're going to be looking back at all the friends that you had previously. Like y'all wasn't going to tell me I was raggedy. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah, no. Every so often, me and my friends organically have conversations where we end up telling each other just, you know, it's like a tune-up. Yeah. You know, just, you know, a little a little tune-up. Like, I know my... Yeah, like... I, I think no, nobody can do that, though. Yeah, we don't yeah. We, we have a friend who, again, not going to name on the mic, but he had started making, you know, some bold and ignorant statements, and it was like a 
Okay, you need you need a time out. Like, really you're not sure. really receptive. You're not really understanding it, but it's not a good look. Like, yeah, you take some time off, you don't really heal yourself, yourself you come back, really and then we'll be here for you. And that's exactly what yeah. we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it all it can look home. different in different capacities, but as long as you have that foundation, that main idea, the conversation is going to be there. Yeah. So I'm sure your friends, you know, your conversation with your girls is different from the conversation with the guys. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day. If you say, hey, (laughs) fix your shit, you know, and the shit has been fixed, we're good then. Yeah. But, you know, either you you put up or you shut up, damn it. So, like, (laughs) and I think that's really real because you, the confrontation, especially for us right now as college students, we find it hard to do so because we don't want to step on glass. Oh, God. Uh Uh-oh, come on now. Come on now. (laughs) Come on. But if it's three of y'all coming at me, then... Sometimes you need to hear it from more people than others. But I, I think, think it's what you mean. You know, what I mean is, is if you can't say I'm going to do it this way, but then when it's my own homie, I'm going to do it the other way. Because I can't accept what you're saying if you already know I'm having problems with this. So I think it's balance. I think it's knowing. I think it's knowing the person, right? So, for instance, I have a friend that all three. I have it's a group of four. I all three of us shouldn't go to her at one time. It's, she's, it's, it's not going to come off well. She's going to put tag. Yeah. It's actually two of my friends. One is going to probably shut down. The other one, shut down and maybe feel a way that we, you know, didn't discuss it like one-on-one. The other one is going to maybe get a little hype. Combative. Yes. You know, she, is, and it's still going to shut down. Right, so it will probably be better if okay, like well, let's have this conversation because I, I need to talk to you. I, I I need us to deal with some stuff, or like for instance, with me, I'm okay with all three of them coming to me at the same time. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, I'm I'm aware. I'm aware. Yeah, I'm I'm aware of like yeah. my bad characteristics. So I probably already know what you're coming to me about if the situation just happened. Like, I'm aware of my raggedy characteristics, right? Mm. So it's knowing the person, right? This is my thing with people saying I have, I don't like confrontation. If I love you and you know I love you, Mm. if I come to you and I approach you and say, for instance, it's one-on-one, it ain't like no friend thing. If I come to you and I am coming with good intent, Mm. right? Because... I'm not going to come to you all crazy. I'm not going to come to you yelling, hype, like trying to set it off. I'm going to come to you with love. Like, yo, three, like, bro, like, what's up? Like, you ain't, you been moving different. Like, you know, I depend, I was like depending on you to do X, Y, and Z. You ain't do it. Like, what's up with you? Like, what's like, what's going on? Because you ain't been showing up like A, B, and C and I need you right now. And if you tell me, yo, Alicia, like, I can't, like, this is what's going on, whatever the case is. All right, cool. I'm glad that I came to you. As friends, there is, 
I'm not going to say that there is no such thing as bad confrontation. There is. However, if you really love that person and they know you, then the intent behind it is well. Now, if you come to me later and you say, okay, so next time, can you kind of come to me a little bit different? I'm going to be like, all right, cool, I got yeah. you. I got you. But do we need to talk about it a little bit more? No, I, I heard you. I just need you to come to me a little different. All right, exactly. cool. All right, cool. I got, I got you. I heard you. Because maybe that was my first time coming at them. Coming at him. Now, if I come to him a second time, the same way I came at him the first time, mm -hmm. he has every right to feel a way. Right. Because I didn't I hear your sense. critique in how I came at you the first time. Mm -hmm. So, I think ultimately, like, people get so bogged down by this concept of, like, confrontation and what will happen that if you love somebody, then it's, it's not going to necessarily... It's going to be what you said, not how you say it. However, how you say it does matter. I will not discredit that. How you say it does matter. But let's move. Let's make the intention to move with love regardless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when we know that, like, know people's, it's, it's, I tell people in relationships this all the time. Know your person. Know your friends. Mm -hmm. Know who you can come at a little, you know, rowdy. Yeah. And then know who you need to come at a little soft. Like, know your people. Know the people around you. And I feel like it's, um, not necessarily just like I think a lot of people think of confrontation like just about the other person like well I don't want them to feel like this or I don't want them to think that but also like I think in a way where like if I got a problem with Kevo and I bring it to him and I come to him in a loving way and I'm trying to express to him how he made me feel that's the that and the third and he's totally unresponsive he's like you're too sensitive you need to get over it now I know what type of person I'm dealing with you know what I'm saying I feel like a lot of times when you shy away from confrontation, like you keeping yourself in the dark, just like they in the dark and they don't know what they supposed to fix. They over here thinking they're good. You over here, you don't really know necessarily what type of people you are around. So having that confrontation really puts people like, like raw, like out there in the field and you're able to see like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep, that's why me and three are friends. But also give grace. He may not yeah. know how to receive you yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. He he. That's give grace. Yeah. <laughs> give grace. Everybody's not raised the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed like emotional intelligence definitely. That idea definitely comes with meeting people where they at because that transcends even emotions and mental health. Like meeting people where they at. Like so. Like as far as uh, academics go, with different areas of life, like you have to understand people for who they actually are. Mm -hmm. and, their yeah. position is different from yours. Raised different. Their mm -hmm. ideas on different aspects of life could be completely different, but you have to meet them where they're at. Meeting each other at 18 years old, we don't know what happened between zero or one and 18, but once we meet you at 18, we got to do our job, our best to learn what Miles has attributed from life, and what right. Bree and Nick and Coley and and Kevin, when everybody basically saying, "Hey, what have you done, and how can I help you help me, and how do we get through this journey together?" And because at the end of the day, everyone's not going to be right, right? I don't think that's the point for real. It's not the point. You can't be right in life, and I think naive to get into all the subject, but that's what school sets us up for failure. By teaching us that there's one right answer and there's multiple right answers. answers. So same thing with mental health. Just a point on that, they make everything so linear in school. First, episode, yeah, that's a completely different episode. <laughs> like, even, even I can even go with this mental health thing. Like people think healing is so linear, it's not. It's a progressive step towards an outcome. Say it one more time with your chest. 
Like for real, this <laughs> no for real. Say yeah, it one healing, more time with your chest. Healing, <laughs> yeah, no, healing is not linear. You're gonna get knocked down, but it's about getting up. It's that hearing everybody's stories and what sparked them externally. It's about the intention. Mm-hmm. It honestly is. Once we get realistic about the journey, it's gonna help us even want to take it. Because if you have a flawed idea on what the journey is, you're not gonna do it. Because yeah. a lot of people have those things they need to work on. It won't because their idea of what it takes is so mm-hmm. out this world to them. It's like, who am I to do that? Yeah, that's true. And I think we talked about that last episode. Was saying, hey. Find your way to cope. I mean, that's another word to figure, you know, to say, how are you going to deal with the problems or the way of life is in front of you? And there's good and bad ways to cope. You know, if you do things repetitively enough that is negative to you, it becomes an addiction. And that's why we need to figure out, hey, what is a good thing and what's a bad thing for us to be consistently doing? I think we need to define what coping is because a lot of people mix up coping with suppression, right? Come so on, a lot of people will um, turn to alcohol or turn to drugs. And I mean, if that's what you want to do, like turn up, but like in moderation, yeah, okay. you feel me? Yeah. Like, cause a lot of people will say, oh yeah, you know, I smoke my pain away and they think it's a joke, but this is just a tip for everybody. There's a little truth in every joke. Like they might say, oh, it's all, no, they might be feeling something for real. Okay, so let's, so coping is defined, you have to look up the psychology definition of coping. Coping is defined as what people do to try to minimize stress and is commonly seen in health psychology as problem focused that is directed at reducing the threats and thoughts of the illness or emotion focus. So let's switch the word from coping to managing. What skills do you have to improve your mental wellness, your emotional well-being, your um, your just overall wellness, right? What what skills do you have in place, right? And I think dismantling this concept that doing the work is going to be pretty because it's not doing the work is ugly it's hard but it takes you know the intention it takes the drive the will to want to do it like for instance i just recently started working back out i absolutely hated it i did not want to work out i would get up like oh my god but i kept getting up and i began to say to myself like oh i like doing this i'm kind of looking forward to doing this like oh mm-hmm. can't wait to go sleep wake up work out in the morning like you know it, it it has become a thing that i am now interested in right even more than i've ever been before but you know it's something i'm interested in but it took me putting myself in a place to do the work the same when i got back in therapy this is 2022 2020 i put myself in a position to do the work because the skills that i had in place were no longer working mm-hmm. So that is when therapy comes into place is that what you are used to doing, if, if it doesn't work anymore, you then have to step it up a notch. Mm-hmm. Usually that involves therapy. That's that's important. I think that it should be a bolded point. And, you know, start at if you're taking notes that try yourself first how to do something. And if that does not work, then find someone who can help you do yeah, so. Yeah, you seek the things yeah. that bring you peace. And if those things no longer bring you peace, and all of that stuff changes. Like your skills, your hobbies, your interests, all of that stuff changes throughout life. And some of it remains the same. It just depends on your interest level at the at the time. But therapy comes into play. Needing to talk to someone comes into play when the things that you typically do are no longer working. Okay. 
Well, I, listen here. I think that we can talk about this all night long. For sure. I think which if you go to A&T, what, what class do you teach? <laughs> because as an engineer student, I might just sign up for this right get here. A, get a cor- the course number. All that. Yeah, course number, CRM. I might need to call my boss and get an on-ride into it, something like that. But, I mean, this conversation, and I, I think, and as I say these these conversations are not to be completed with us. They're they're supposed to start off with us and go on further with you and talk with your friends and your loved ones and etc. And what I've gotten from what we have is just a couple of things. It's find your safe space. Find something to where you can find a nirvana from the world to where you know you can go to them, to it, and say, hey, life is hard right now. Life is lifing. And I, I you know I might need a break from it. Or can I talk to somebody from it? And once you find that safe space, it becomes easier. What is your foundation? Okay? Sometimes your foundation might be rock bottom. But guess what? Rock bottom is the best foundation to ever start on because you can't break rock bottom. Okay? I don't care how much you chip away at it. That's just going to be there. Three said healing is not linear. It is not one common answer that finds healing. Find out what your healing is and stick with it. And help somebody else find their healing too. We're, we're in this shit together, okay? Life is for us to be collective to learn, okay? The universe gives us lessons through experience. And you get to experience that through other people and other things. And not think about coping, but think about managing. Prioritize, manage, prioritize managing it before you get to coping it. Because if you manage it, the coping does not get there. And last but not least, my favorite quote I heard today. Deal with your shit. <laughs> <laughs> and can I just give some resources? Um, so utilize counseling services um, at your local college and university. It's free because you already paid for it. Um, so utilize them. If you do not feel as though the therapist in the department is not a good fit for you, then don't just stop there. Um, there are directories. There is psychologytoday.com. There is therapy for black girls, therapy for black men, I believe. I tell everybody about therapy for black girls. It's not just for girls, but it is a platform for clinicians of color. Mm -hmm. So you can find a black therapist if that is what you feel as though you need. Um, And I can get some additional websites um, and make sure of, of them and send them to Mal. I'll text them to you, Mouse. Um, but you know, just do like put in the effort to get the work done. Um, there are suicide hotlines, um, and access, you know, there is a org on campus, a mental health org, active minds. They do a lot of things last I knew. Um, and if you need me, reach out to me. If you have any questions, my Instagram is at Theranista, T-H-E-R-A-N-I-S-T-A. And we will make and sure. I have a website. Yes, and we will make sure that all of this is on our Instagram page, our Twitter page, our Discord. Please look out for all of that information. Please use it, okay? This is tidbits that we want to make sure that you have everything, all right? We want to make sure that you're better off than when you started this podcast episode, okay? And, I mean, with that, to our, our guests, I mean, we can go ahead and get ready for the cozy time. Our cozy moment, excuse me. And if you are not familiar with the cozy moment, as always, our cozy moment is something that makes us feel warm. Us meaning the people that you're listening to. What made you feel happy? What made you feel like, you know, I feel like the shit. I feel like the word shit has been the, the main word for this episode. But that, <laughs> that and spark. That, yeah. <laughs> that and spark. <laughs> but um, 
that's I think that's you know that's the epitome of what a cozy moment is. And I'll start because I'm really happy to explain this cozy moment. So when you listen to this, okay, it just drops on February 22nd. This will be the four year anniversary that I won my wrestling state championship in South Carolina. Okay. My boys know because I've been sending them videos the last couple of days, but I this was one of the most proudest accomplishments that I've had in my life. I busted my ass for it. Uh, if I were to ever do that again, man, I need to be in the Olympics or something like that. But that, I, I really hold this moment really valuable for me, especially because uh, my coach who uh, helped me along the way, he passed a year and a half later to cancer, and I really do commemorate that day to him. I only, I only won my state ring twice, the day that I won state and the day that he passed. So for me to be able to wear that ring on that day, it's going to hurt, but I know for me, it's going to make me feel good inside that something that I wanted to do came to fruition. That's good. Some of you know I'm in the ROTC, and we got to take this swim test to graduate. And I finally passed the swim test. All right, Michael Phelps. Yeah. That's great. No, that was great. That's my cozy moment, man. That was great. No, that's huge because uh, – if y'all don't know, Kevo has been scared of the water, so I'm really like proud of you that you're yeah, like that. Yeah, that's a life change. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, my cozy moment. Uh, I had a really, really great talk with my mentor today. Um, it was nothing more than like 15 minutes, but it was just really good to hear he's doing well and I haven't talked to him in minutes. So that was that was, you know, my cozy mm-hmm. moment. That's good. Um, my cozy moment is I actually had. Like, I have a mentee, but he's not really my mentee because that's really, like, my guy. Like, that's my dog. And he just texted me out of the blue, and he was like, you know, you really helped me throughout college. Like, college wouldn't have been the same without you. And they were just telling me about how appreciative um, they were of me for just being there through their ups and downs and being kind of, like, their rock. And that moved me to tears early. I'm about to cry now, but ooh, we're not going to do that. Ah. But it was just really cute, and I got my hair done yesterday. Hello. Hey. Hey. Spring break coming up. Hey. Um, mine is this. Is this. It's today. Oh, that's awesome. I enjoy doing stuff like this. Um... I listened to y'all podcast yesterday and I called my mom and I was like, Yeah, I got into this podcast. I said these guys really have a good thing going. They really y'all really have a good thing going. This is um this is a good space. This is a really good space. And I, I asked for like an Instagram. Y'all are not searchable on Instagram. Um, I could like not find y'all. So I that's why I reached out <laughs> and I was like, Do y'all got a website? Something because I needed to make sure before I you know, fully agree that this was something that I wanted to attach myself with, and I'm glad I did. I didn't know, I didn't understand, like, I didn't know what to search. I just kept searching open door pod, open door podcast. Right. Yeah. Open, I didn't know. You did no, you did it. You good. <laughs> We're gonna let go, cozy. Yeah, there you go. Okay, um, my cozy moment is a cozy day um this past saturday um yeah this past saturday um well the four of us actually were all up in charlotte but so um unfortunately one of our well, not to say unfortunately it's life but uh one of my two of our friends their fathers passed and so um fortunately we were able to go up there and be with them um it was a beautiful service and we got to go with our other friend and eat with him after 
we left the first service, but it was just a very good brotherhood day. Mm-hmm. And then one of our other friends who lives in Charlotte, um, me and three went to go celebrate his birthday with him. And then to top the day off and put the cherry on top for everybody who's listening who doesn't know, music uh, is my passion. That's what I do. That's what I live for to make more music. And um, don't say it. Go ahead. No, and so we went to the studio, and um, me and three made a song together, and it was just such a beautiful moment because three be trying to he be trying to ghost me when it come to music sometimes. So we got him back in the studio. Um, I love going to real studios. That's cool, but like the grimy studios that are like makeshift <laughs> houses, yeah. backyards, stuff like that. It was so cool. So um, yeah, we went, made some music, and I mean, I liked the song, but it was more so like the vibes were just there, and I live for vibes, and it was just a great day, great brotherhood moment, just all that. And Nick's not gonna say it, but make sure that you stream Nick's music. Uh, he has the simp tape. He has. Scentsy Flower, Apple Music, Spotify, hell, I don't know where else that shit is on, but Tidal, anything that you think that the music going, damn it, is on there, okay, so make sure you stream that, okay, that's sponsored by Cozy Times and the Open Door Podcast, and we make sure that we're going to support our boy no matter what. Absolutely. Mr. Three. All right, I ain't want to end an episode like this. I don't got one, but just like that wristband, better days to come. Better days to come, and as always, we... Appreciate you for listening to our episodes. As always, continue to share, continue to leave a review, continue to reach out to us about what you think, continue to stay on the Discord. We love the discussions that are being made on there. We would love to see more discussions on there, but, you know, that's all up to uh, you as a listener, and we will look forward to the next episode. And as always, be blessed. Don't stress. And stay cozy.